Welcome to another episode of Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Auld. A big guest on this week, someone who's played and scored in every single division in Scottish senior football. He's also the record appearance holder at Inverness Cali Thistle. It's none other than Ross Tokley. Ross, good afternoon. Good to have you with us. Yeah, nice to be on here. Thanks for inviting me on. No, pleasure. Pleasure's all ours. Um, Ross, we're looking forward to looking back at a... Uh, well, an eventful career. I was going to say, well, I should correct myself because you're, you're still playing, uh, so your career's not over yet. No, I was. Um, I think somebody reported I had retired, but uh, no, I'm back. Yeah, I've been playing for for ten uh, in Duffus for the last couple of years, so enjoying that. The boots aren't quite hung up yet, but we're going to look over. Well, as I say, an eventful career. You started with Inverness Cali Thistle, of course, and spent uh, an incredible. 16 years with the club you joined the club in 1996 from Huntley now again pretty incredible time I mean 96 to join the club they were in the third division you moved from Huntley but it's probably fair to touch on your early uh, earlier career because of course you started beyond uh, Cali Thistle you joined Huntley as a youngster and you you broke into the team 95-ish how, how was that uh, spell at Huntley for you? Yeah I really enjoyed it um I was 16 at the time and I had just came out of Dice Boys Club and back in Aberdeen the age groups go from 16 to 18 so we couldn't really form a team um, and it was the chairman I think or the coach at the time Mike Henry uh, invited me along and I was I was doing a bit of training there and um, even when Steve was there the year before so um, Big Doogie um, asked me to sign I actually signed a year's amateur form um, at the time and I was joining a, a Huntley side that had just won six titles, maybe a bit more than that. I can't mm-hmm. remember, but it was a formidable um, Huntley side. The likes of Martin Stewart, John Gardner, um, Gary White, you know, absolute um, legends of the Highland League. So it was uh, quite a daunting um, experience for myself. I remember making my debut down in uh, Bucky, uh, won the game, but. It was a sort of very um, welcome to the to the Highland League as a sixteen year old. Yeah, I was going to say because as a as a sixteen year old, as a teenager, thrown into effectively, that's probably your your first taste of the the men's game, and and well, there's no better way to introduce yourself to the men's game than turning out in the Highland League. Yeah, I had a I had a um, a legend of Aberdeen uh, as my manager it was Dig Ruby. Um, Diggy still played at the time, and he was the centre half, so. I remember one of the things he said to me before the game, he says, you just push five, ten yards forward, he says, anything goes above your head, um, I'll come through and win it. And I think the first kick from the goalkeeper, he just came storming through, took myself and another couple of players out. So that was that was a, a sort of rude awakening of, of, of what he could do. And he was a, a gent of a man, um, really enjoyed working under him. Um, some other legends that were there, Eddie Copeland. Eddie had about maybe five or six regals before a go to the game and then a couple more at half time so I'm sitting there as a 16 year old eating a, a banana and some water and he's having a, he's having some cigarettes you know so it's um, it was some really good enjoyable times I won the league again that year and mm-hmm. uh, won a couple of cups so it was a really good grounding for me um, it toughened me up and, um, and I was playing with some really good players the training was really good um, and uh, again Doogie was it was great he sort of took me under his wing and looked after me like all the players did um, and I had a really good um, season with them. I really enjoyed it. As you mentioned, that Huntley team were incredibly successful. They won the league uh, in 94-95. That was under Steve Patterson, which attracted Cali Thistle to 
Pele. We'll go on to talk about Pele in a few moments, but then 95-96, as you mentioned, Doug Rugby's there, and they win the league again. I mean, that, you know, to go into your, your first season as, um, you know, as a 16-year-old and then end up with a a championship win at the end of the season, that must have been a, a kind of dream start. Yeah, um, I played a fair amount of games. Um, as I said, it was quite a, a settled Huntley side. Um, they were well drilled. Um, Paul Lawson's dad was actually the assistant manager as well. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, and it was it was so enjoyable. The bus journeys. I was. I remember a, a journey up, up to Wick, and um, there was a guy who played for Huntley at the time. Eddie, I think it was Dave Moreland, and uh, Dave was one of the, I would say, the most um, physical sort of uh, centre halves and. The drinks were flowing on the way back, and just some really good um, times, um, bus journeys. But again, it was quite a, an eye opener for myself coming back on these buses. And I remember the old man picking me up at the four mile in Aberdeen a few times, and the leather me on the way home of the state I was in. But um, <laughs> it, it was uh, it was really enjoyable. I was getting wages as well, just you know, win bonuses were coming in. And you know, I was 16 at the time. I remember the first sort of pay pack I got, it was a small sign on fee, and I bought. I think JBC Pelly, you know, and for me to get money and at the time was was incredible, and it was such an enjoyable season. Um, learned a lot that year, and I actually wanted to stay. I really wanted to stay and and play more games uh, at the club. I really enjoyed uh, playing for Huntley. Fans were great, um, and then we had a game at, at the end of the year. I think against Cali under 18s sort of playoff game. And uh, I was up against Richard Hastings that night. <clears throat> I'm not sure if Richard remembers, but I gave him a right torrid time. I scored two. I think we won 5 0. Um, Steve was at the game, and, and that sort of cemented uh, a move to uh, Cali after that. I'm not sure. Well, if Richard Hastings doesn't remember, he will He will now. Um, it's out there. You, you, you stuck two past him. Yep. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, you, Pelly is in charge at Inverness Cali Thistle. You joined them in 1996. and he, he saw you that night. He um, probably, I'm sure, he was aware of you um, and the kind of youth set up at Huntley um, before uh, he left to join Inverness Cali Thistle. What were your discussions like with uh, with Pelly on route to joining Inverness in '96? Yeah, um, I had worked under him uh, when he was the manager and went through a lot of training, and I just um, he had a, such an infectious um, personality, um, really likable. So when he, he actually phoned my old man at the time and said he would like to speak to myself and my dad so my dad and I went, went through to Elgin and that was my first uh, experience of meeting Jimmy Faulkner the secretary so we met in a hotel in Elgin I think it was a Lake Murray uh, hotel and to be honest with you yeah, as soon as I met Steve and had a chat uh, my mind was made up I did have an offer of um, full time at Hearts and Dundee but I wanted to stay on at school so I was, I was going into my sixth year at the time uh, Bankhead Academy in Aberdeen so um, the offer and the ambitions of, of Steve plus I, I went up to Inverness and met the chairman Doug McGilvery who is an absolute gent of a man um, mm-hmm. his visions of getting Cali Thistle in the SPL at the time was, was an exciting prospect for myself um, got shown around it was Telford Street at the time got taken to a game and, and really looked after so that was my mind made up by meeting Steve and uh, speaking to Doogie as well, so it was. Um, they said what sort of players they were looking to sign. Uh, I mentioned Barry Wilson and, and Paul Cherry, so these were guys that had league experience. Certainly, Paul Cherry was a player that I'd watched, and um, 
I just knew what ambitions they had. I was going to ask you, I've got it written down here, probably kind of late 90s or a couple of years on, that when the club are up through the, f- the third division into the second division on the way to the first division, and I was going to ask you, did you get the impression that something was something special was brewing? But it looks like from there, you know, early on in your chat, summer of 96, that you kind of got that from the club, that there was there was real ambition, but there was genuine... There was, there was, you know, there was a genuine plan behind the scenes to get the club all the way to, eventually, the top flight. I mean, early on in those kind of discussions that you had, it looks like, you know, you, what you were signing up for, you were going to get. Yeah, well, I had a, a knockback. Um, I was chairman of Aberdeen for five years, and you know that was that was my sort of ambitions at the time to to play full time football. So, with Inverness, it was a chance to go a different route. And you know, after speaking to Steve and, and Doogie, the, the plans they had for the new stadium. Um, the players they wanted to take in and, and you know the route they wanted to go through the league so I was certainly um, on board straight away um, you know I just wanted to go enjoy my football and, and play with um, some experienced players at the time um, you know I was travelling I was training in Aberdeen with Ian Stewart and travelling through the games with him and Dave McGinley and um, you know that season that first season I signed it was it was I was still at school and it was hard going at times, especially the midweek games and that, but we were on such a, a roll at the time. It was like a train, just building up momentum. I think we went 20 odd games unbeaten. Um, I, I probably never played as many games as I wanted that year. Um, I was a midfielder at the time and tried to dislodge Charlie Christie and, and Paul Cherry. Cherry was a, a tough gig, but uh, you know I scored some very good goals. I scored uh, the winner at... Um, Queen's Park at Hamden on my 18th birthday and the headlines on the Monday morning was I'm away to get totally smashed so the old man had a another dig at me on the Monday morning uh, <laughs> the headlines it's, uh, it was such a, a great season and I played with some absolute uh, gents absolute uh, amazing guys Alan Hercher, Daisy Ross Mike Noble mm-hmm. um, Jim Calder so it was guys that were experienced in the Highland League but also uh, well driven uh, players you know so um, I had some scored a few good goals that year and, and contributed, but probably never played as much as I, as, as I wanted to. You mentioned some some legends of the game at Huntley, and the guys you've just mentioned there, kind of older, experienced players at Inverness. They've obviously taken you under, taken you under their their wings and and looked after you. By the sounds of things, those experienced guys, you know, helped you along. Yeah, I, I would say Mike Teasdale was was great, especially. Um, you know, that first season, but also in the, in the sort of season we went, we moved full time. Mike was great um, to me, you know, it was um, him and a number of guys, uh, Brian Thompson as well, just give me advice, making sure you, you know, keep your feet on the ground. But again, there wasn't a lot of young players at the time when I first joined. You know, I was kind of sort of a young pup. The first year I was youngest in the team. Uh, I think it was a guy, Neil Sinclair, who was involved a wee bit as well. But, um, you know, it was hard going. Um, that first year because I was so young and not getting a lot of opportunities but just the, the sort of you know, the sort of team spirit was great um, really enjoyed it and Steve was such a pleasure to work with um, you know and listen to their sort of stories as well you know, Jim Collar guys had sort of number of years in, in the Highland League and I could just I was like a sponge that year just trying to soak up as much information as I could you know that, that side that season you join um, the club go on to win the, the third division so from winning the Highland League then in your in your first season with Inverness you win the third division and before you you know it you're probably what 17, 18 and you're into the second division already I mean it was a, a kind of 
an incredible couple of years for you. Yeah, I was I was sort of eighteen, and um, the club decided to in the second year decided to go full time. But so, you know, I moved away from home into Diggs, and uh, you know the training was good. We didn't have full numbers, but we, we certainly Steve put on some really good sessions, and we had a little mini bus, and we used to train at Port George or any bit of grass we could do the first <laughs> year. Um, but I remember the first sort of couple of months, and Steve called me in his office, and he said, oh, I've got this." Boy, can you give me a, a bit of background about him? I says, "What's his name?" He says, "Oh, Barry Robson." I just shook my head. Uh, Barry and I had a lot of uh, battles through the years. He was decided in Aberdeen, I played the dice, so I was the only one that could really uh, keep him keep him quiet in games. So we had a bit of history. So when Steve asked me, "What do you think of him?" I kind of shook my head, but um, he turned up in the digs that night, and uh, the rest is history. Um, you know, some really good times staying in the big. Scott McLean was there too, and uh, you know it was it was, um, it was a fun times. So I could probably write a book about a lot of stories it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> done that year. But you know, Barry Barry was a a, a very good player, um, and I, I ended up a very good friend of mine. But it, uh, it was um, fun times in the digs. The boys used to the older lads used to look forward to stories and that and the trouble it was caused. But uh, yeah, it was. It was um, an enjoyable season. It was hard going because the first first year we went full time, it was it was probably going in the unknown. We were struggling a little bit in the league, and you know, just trying to get a bit of form up. And, and there were some big teams in that uh, second division, and, and it was hard going. You mentioned Barry Robson there. I think that when Barry Robson, I mean, I mean, he's reached the very top level in this country, and everyone always kind of thinks of him as a. Well, a Celtic player, a Dundee United player, an Aberdeen player, but very few people remember that he actually turned out for for Inverness Cali Thistle, and I, I think it, it in a very early you know start of his Cali Thistle career, he obviously turned into be a an amazing player for the club. But at the very start, he was quite a, a kind of fiery player. I, I want to say is that right? Maybe someone that was a bit of a, a handful, uh, but I think eventually Pelly did get the the best out of him. Yeah, I, I knew what he could do. Um, you know, he was probably one of the best players at my level. You know. Um, Again, I was the one that was always tasked to, to, to play against him. And, you know, I got the better of him many a time, and he got very frustrated at times with me. But, you know, Steve was very good at, you know, looking after him and, and you know, talking to him, make sure he, you know, he behaved himself. But, I mean, I'm always, I was always a bit sort of easily led, so you'd end up getting a, put in the reserves a few times. And John Dock got, uh, <laughs> John Dock got uh, tasked with uh, looking after us on a Saturday away up to, Owner Bridge or whatever. So, whenever myself and Barry were misbehaving, we got sent into the, the North Cali. But no, Barry was Barry. I think just struggled a wee bit after after Rangers. He was sort of the best, next best thing at Rangers, and you know, got released there. So it took him a bit of time, and he was it was good fun. And again, we're still good friends. I met him when I was working through in Aberdeen, and he's done very well for himself. So mm-hmm. credit him, and you know he had the talent, and he'd see the drive as well. So once he just matured a bit. And he just kicked on. You know, we were always taking on extra sessions. Steve always had us out. He always knew we were out on a, on a Wednesday night having a few drinks. And Thursday morning, myself, Scott McLean, and Barry were out. They would cross balls in, and I would head balls, I mean, 50, 100 balls. So um, Steve knew we were had a few drinks. So that was our punishment at, uh, out on a Thursday morning at Charleston to go <laughs> practice some headers. But uh, no, it was, it was really good. It was. We were the sort of young lads, so again, it took us a bit of time to, to bed into the team. Um, you know, Mike Teasel was playing fullback, and 
you know, I, I came up to Cali as a midfielder, and, and somehow Steve put me, I think, the last sort of two or three games of the of the third division right back. So I just learned off of Mike Teasdale how to play um, fullback. It took me a bit of time to get in, into that groove, but I think it's uh, I've never looked back since, really. So credit to Steve for, for making that positional change. The rise in the kind of late 90s of the club is, is pretty dramatic. You're playing first division football by 1999. You joined the club in 96. Within three years, you've kind of risen all the way to the, the first division. But when you mentioned there, you know, yourself joined in 96. Pelly added, you know, uh, Barry Robson, as you've mentioned. Did you see that, that, that Steve was building something pretty special? I mean, he, he, as you said, I mean, he's, he brought in, you know, some terrific players. Barry Wilson, for example, another player that he brought in. And he slowly but surely, Bobby Mann arrived on the scene as well. Slowly but surely, he was kind of building something, uh, building a, a real cracking side. Did you see that from within? Definitely. Um, you know, I've listened to all your podcasts, and I think everybody sort of mentioned that you know, Steve was one for, for picking out players with not just maybe just released or you know a troubled sort of career, but he would he would be a good eye for a player. He knew that he could spend a bit of time with them and. and Nourish them into to what they could, what they could do. So the likes of Paul Sheeran was another one, but this illusion came up to Inverness, and Paul was one of the most talented players, left foot cultured player. Um, and and Steve was building in Dennis Wynes from Aberdeen, rejected a wee bit there, and we got a chance. And um, you know Dennis was one of the probably the best player I played with um, at the club, mm-hmm. as talented wise. So he, I could see. He was taking in, you know, younger players that maybe wanted a second chance, but also players that had played at the level. Paul Ritchie was another um, great signing, really good signing. So it was, um, I could see that we're starting to build a bit of momentum in the, the first division um, after getting out of the, the second division. That was a tough, sort of, I think we spent a couple of years in that. So it was nice to get challenged a bit more in the first division. But again, going through myself, it was always, oh, you're not good enough for the third division. You're not good enough for the second division. You're not good enough for the first. So again, I, I individually faced my own challenges. So um, that was something I really enjoyed during my career of uh, testing myself against better teams, better players, different um, opponents. So, and I was also learning about playing fullback as well. So I like to get forward and and Steve's style of play suited myself. I had a really good um, relationship with Barry on the pitch and. Um, Overlap and you know play balls into Dennis. Dennis was great to play balls into feet. Him and Paul Ritchie, and you know it was um, a pleasure to play with some of these players. When you mentioned there about you know the challenges you had going through the divisions, I think that's probably or it probably sums up the the kind of mentality of Cali Thistle because you know out with the Highlands, you know a lot of people in the Central Belt often doubted Cali Thistle. Now I know that we're going to talk about some incredible moments that the club have had you've been you know, part of them but I think that everyone always kind of looked down upon Cali Thistle and, and some of the, some of the players as well did you get that kind of um, feeling that you know out with the Highlands or Inverness you know people in the, the the rest of the country tended to to look down upon the club yeah definitely I think um, we were always the, the underdogs you know we're certainly the Sentinel Belt teams felt that they were Stronger, they were, you know, had a different sort of way of playing. But I think, uh, both the Highland Highland clubs could play football. You know, 
certainly the games we played against Ross County, they, they could pass the ball and attack and score a goal. So both teams were, were good to watch. Some great derby games where all the football was excellent. So you know, we would go down the road. They might have travelling with it. Um, I used to enjoy going down the A9 and getting a win and coming back up the road. And We were underdogs a lot in that first division. I think the, the sort of cup games put us on the map a bit more, but it was just the challenge of, of going down and, and competing against the, the sides that had good history about them. We had only a small history about ourselves and we're building that. So as a club and as as a team, we could, we could uh, mix it with the best. Um, and some great individual players, but it was just trying to strengthen and get the best sort of team on the park. And um, We were always treated... You know, it's not inferior of, of, of each other, but it was it was always a, a test and a challenge. And for myself individually, there were some experienced players in that league, and I enjoyed playing against uh, various players. And especially if you, you got used to spent a few years in the first division, so you you would come up against the sort of same opponents, and it was um, it was always a, a challenge. When you see cup shocks, uh, that leads us night nicely on to. Probably one of the most famous nights in the club's history, if not the Scottish Cup's history. We've spoken to a few guys that have been involved in the night that Super Cali went ballistic. What are your own memories of that uh, that incredible night? Um, well, I was playing slightly, slightly out of position because Steve kind of sort of rejigged it a bit and um, pushed me into right midfield. He went a bit more defensive on the right hand side of the park. So Mike played fullback and I played right midfield. And um, it was sort of like a four-four-one-one. So I just remember just just not chasing shadows a lot that night, but doing a lot of um, work against a guy called Veggie Blinker, and he's an unbelievable player. And it was just trying to do a defensive role in front of Mike and winning tackles, and, and you know, I really considered myself fairly fit at the time, and you know, just do my bit for the team. And as the game went on, we scored at good times, and. We actually held our own, and we were, we were playing some really good stuff, especially in the second half. Um, controlled a lot of the game and got on the ball. So again, I was I was only sort of nineteen at the time, and uh, nineteen twenty, I can't remember. But yeah, it was it was a great night. One that sort of took a while to sink in. Um, you know, I know the sort of day after we were out having a drink and stuff and talking about the game, but for me, it took a, a fair bit of time to realise that you know how big it was. Um, I really enjoyed the game. I, I remember Ian Wright got booked against me, sort of made a last sort of ditch tackle and took wipe me out. So, and then after that, I got taken off a few minutes to go. But it was it, the game passed so quickly, um, and I really did enjoy the game. I came off and you know, all the celebrations and stuff. But when I sat in the dressing room after the game, I, I felt that it was a game I really enjoyed. And you know, of course, you're going to enjoy being Celtic, Celtic Park. But the memories I had was, was just of the you know, the boys playing really well and, and myself doing my bit on the pitch as well just putting in a shift it was just an absolute shift especially the last 20 minutes where you know the three went up and you're expecting a, a bit of a, a hit from Celtic but it never really came and um, you know the celebrations I went back home in a Celtic minibus that night and it was there wasn't many beers getting drunk by the Celtic fans and I had a, <laughs> I was I was nailing their cars of tenants all the way home what, what? So you ended up on a? You went on the team bus? No, I went. No, I went back, and I, I, my friends were down watching from Inverness, and they were all Celtic fans. They had originally came down to watch the game on this previous Saturday, so I just um, had planned to go back with them, and 
uh, I met up with the boys the next day, next morning, sort of thing. So it was, um, yeah, back in that bus. <laughs> Brilliant. That must have been the. Uh, well, I, it's funny because I just, you know, the natural assumption is that you, you know, you all go back on the team bus. And fact, we spoke to Duncan Searer a couple of weeks ago, and you know, he said that, yeah. you know, it was brilliant, brilliant celebrations. Barry's spoken about it, but I suppose your ones were. I mean, I'd quite like that as well to be on a, a Celtic money bus, especially if you've won. You know, just to, uh, you know, rub it, even, yeah, rub it in even more. You know. Yeah, there was, there was family and friends on it. Um, back in that bus, so it was. Um, that was a good laugh on the way back. I was pretty, pretty drunk when I got back. I met the boys next. I was down at the stadium in the morning and met the boys sort of lunchtime. So, um, again, some of them uh, were on it sort of since the night before. So it was it was nice just to have a bit of space and then meet up with them and, and have a bit of celebrations uh, the next day. Um, I do remember that I think we played St Mirren on the Saturday and mm-hmm. was, uh, everybody was towing caravans on the, on the on Saturday. It was it was it wasn't a very good uh, performance, but understandable. Um, after the the game on the Wednesday or Tuesday was it? Yeah, it was, uh, good times. When you mentioned there your own experiences of the game, I mean, you mentioned there you're 20 years old, and you know you're mixing it with. You mentioned two guys there, Reggie Blinker and Ian Wright. You know, two internationals, but you're mixing it with them and you're enjoying it, and you're you know you're you're enjoying that contest, which must have given you an kind of appetite to, you know, mix it with. Uh, as you all later on in your career, the kind of uh, the big uh, the big hitters in the top flight. Yeah, I, I just loved it. Um, loved challenges. Loved playing against players that probably earned a lot more than me. Um, and you know, at Cali it was Cali was our sort of team that suited me. Um, they had their own challenges, and it kind of sort of fitted in and sort of mirrored me personally. So, um, you know, I, I would whether it was an international player or. A, sort of domestic player who had a good um, career I was always one for looking at who I was going to face on the Saturday and, and do a bit of research on them and, um, and play against them on a Saturday or it was midweek so it was never one I was going in cold I always made sure I did a bit of research if I could and, and that's even going back to back to you know when it was maybe the internet wasn't great but mm-hmm. you know I would, I would speak to people or whoever and ask you know how did you play against them and this and that so we'd ask questions and Always trying to do a bit of research, certainly in my, um, in my later career. Um, you know, it was sort of done for you, but um, you know, it was one I always made sure I was had a made sure who was up against. Did a bit of research, but you know, I was um, enjoyed it. I just reveled on playing against obviously better players, players that you know playing for the old firm or Hearts, Hibs, and stuff. I just loved it. Um, always try to you know, a wee bit different. On the pitch, and I was, I am off the pitch. Certainly now, at forty-one, I'm a bit more chilled out. But even my own teammates, I would, I wouldn't hesitate giving them a bit of a kick in, a, in training if I wanted to. But um, that was, that was just me. I, to be honest, with you, I don't know really how I got that because I was quite a attacking midfielder when I was younger, and I, aggression w- wasn't really in my game when I was, I was growing up. So I could, ha- I could look after myself. But I think um, when I stepped onto the pitch, I just wanted to win. And I just wanted to win at training, and I didn't care who. <laughs> Something Steve used to send me away and go and take yourself off for a wee walk. So I used to take myself off for a wee walk at Fort, Fort George, <laughs> come back when you've cooled off a bit. So you'd probably end up in the in the sea if you went for a wee walk right enough at Fort George. But maybe that maybe that's a good thing to cool down, you know. I don't think Steve is the only manager that did send me off for a walk 
we'll have a walk and have a wee sit in the fence and back in 10 minutes but um, no no it was just my way and I just um, wanted to win I wanted to, to do well I wanted the team to do well so I think um, everybody kind of sort of wanted that same had the same mentality the club that came the majority of players I wouldn't say everybody sorry I think the majority of players because there was players that came and fell by the wayside didn't really fit into the, the Cali Thistle way I where I sat in the dressing room and kind of new signings as I got older new signings came in and I would give them the eye and weigh them up the first couple of days and see see if they maybe would fit in and had that drive and, and would want to, to improve the team so that was me I was sitting people go have a wee look at them and see what they were like but yeah it was um, everybody had the same uh, drive and, and I wanted to do well individually seeing the amount of players that left the club I was always, I was never one for saying, oh, you know, I wish, I wish that was me or whatever, you know, I, mm-hmm. individually, the likes of, you know, Barry left, uh, Barry Wilson, sorry, left, and then Barry Wilson, so I never, I always wished them well and wanted them to do well, because, you know, they did well for the club, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed playing with them, they brought my game on as well, so um, it was great to see players leaving and, and doing well. Talking of people leaving, Pelly leaves kind of not long after the the Super Cali game. Were you gutted to see Pelly leave? Because as you you talked about there, he was obviously a you know a key figure in your uh, in your journey from Huntley to Inverness, Cali Thistle, and a, a man that you've played under. I mean, Barry Wilson used the the kind of expression you'd run a brick through a brick wall for Pelly. But were you kind of of the same opinion, and were you gutted to to see him leave? Yeah, I was. I was shed a few tears. I've got to be honest. Um, he was a father figure to me. Um, I remember when I first moved up, stayed with him and his wife and his for two weeks of pre-season uh, no digs I think it was a year I went full time the first year and they didn't have any digs for me so I stayed I stayed stayed for two weeks with Mandy and Steve and I think Steve was delighted to, to get me out of there because the amount of food I was eating but um, yeah he was he was such a um, a gentleman a guy he was a great manager um, looked after me made that uh, positional change for me as well and just wanted me to, to go out and attack and, and, and play and I think that his, his philosophy was, was it just suited the club um, looking at his move to Aberdeen I, I don't actually think he wanted to go I, you know what I was getting I, I listened to Duncan's um, interview there last week and um, I don't think he fully wanted to go um, but um, it was nice to see him move and go and challenge himself um, but I did it did leave a bit of a hole, but on the side of it, you know, John John came in with Donald Park, and they took it to the next level. You know, I had a couple of assistant managers with Alec Cowell and Duncan Shearer, really good football people. But Donald Park had a different way about him. He could give you information, positional wise, that I hadn't had before. John Robertson's training, his his enthusiasm, his man management was excellent but Donald Park for me took my game on a different level and it was a joy to go to training every day um, the training was excellent now Parky was a grumpy bugger like I mean like if, if, if you had a bad day at training or you did something wrong he would let you know and I liked that I really liked that I liked, I liked being barked at if my standards weren't high enough and I always made sure that I was I trained 100. I I trained as I played, and um, you know Donald, I still know him now. I did a lot of my, my badges uh, with Donald. Um, 
unbelievable. But he took my, he took, he took the, him and John took the team to a different level, and I think it was just the right time for them to come in. And John took in some good, really good players to take also the team. But um, yeah, that was I really enjoyed my my time with them too. I think that you're probably right there. John taking it on another level is probably the the correct way to sum it up because shortly after. Um, well, again, there's a there's another cup shock against Celtic. There's a few other cup shocks the year after, and then uh, in season two thousand and three four, um, the the side go on and win win the first division. But as you rightly point out, John takes it on another level. But I think there's probably the the combination of a a very good team, and then a manager and an assistant manager to kind of complement that because. Looking at that 2003-04 side that won the the first division, I mean, again, you can go through it one to eleven. It's a, it's a, it's a cracking side. Yeah, it's that was. I would say that's probably the best team I've played with that year. Um, you know, I've listened to a few of your podcasts, and you know, David Bingham was a, such an important signing in that year. He just had that football ability. He could see things that other players on a wavelength. He was on a different wavelength. Um, I played against. Uh, Bingy, when he played for Forfar and Livingston, couldn't get near him. Mm. You know, he was, he was obviously, he, did, he just, he never had a lot of pace, but you couldn't get near him. And uh, you know, that, he was, he was so good to play with, with, with Dennis, sort of leaving balls. I used to like playing. He used to pretend to play down the line and play the ball on his feet. He used to just come off as a number ten, as they call it these days, and play at his feet. And you know, that that season, uh, like Liam Keogh stepped up, and uh, we were just, oh. Played some really, really good stuff. I've actually watched a lot of the games, small clips of games and goals, and mm-hmm. you kind of forget. But you know, I've been watching that over lockdown, and uh, we had some terrific uh, performances that year. Built up a, a lot of momentum, and I would say that out the, the whole team, I think John Robertson was the one who believed that we were going to win that league um, out of everybody. And it was his drive um, that took us, and got us over the line. I was actually suspended. Uh, for the, the the Clyde game, mm-hmm. and uh, I think myself and Russell actually missed the story out. But myself and Russell went off to the pub for a few pints before the game, and uh, I remember sitting in the stand and Hezzy scored. It was just unbelievable scenes. Um, I managed to get back in the week after for the St Johnston game. Uh, David Potter was unfortunate miss out, but um, you know, just we beat St Johnston. We had a trip to Magaluf in the morning. I remember turning up. Uh, Alistair Fraser was on the train and he got some he could have wrote, written some excuses that morning but um, <laughs> it was it was such a, a great weekend and a, such a great season and the team that year were, were top drawer um, that was probably the best Cardiff team I played in um, individually and as a team they were superb When you say there that John Robertson has the, the belief that season correct me if I'm wrong but Clyde had got into a, a kind of decent lead and it looked like Clyde were going to be the ones that would get promoted everything was kind of guiding towards them and then Callie Thistle from nowhere just kind of turned it on and and like you say John Robertson had that belief how important was that you know f- for a guy that's it's, let's be honest I mean he was a, a legend in his in his playing days but he was he'd only recently become a manager himself I mean he was only been in the job as a, as a manager by you know a year and a half in the job but for someone like that to kind of show that belief uh, that must have really kind of been inspirational for you guys in that in that kind of title journey yeah he was I remember actually playing against him the year before uh, when he played for Livingston um, I was playing centre half I think it was one of the last games of the season and I'd, I'd marked him for 85 minutes I was playing centre half at the time and 
kept him quiet and I, he just rolled me slightly probably bigger arse at the time but he rolled me and uh, <laughs> fired this thing in with four minutes to go and they beat us 1-0 I remember him saying when he walked off the pitch I he did well today but he, he just lost me there at the end but he had that way about him when he came in straight away I enjoyed working with him um, like a lot of the other, the other players um, his man management he could, he could speak to you he had a, a real sort of um, spring in the step and he was a young manager but he also was very knowledgeable um, he could talk talk well um, he, he used me in various positions and I, I quite enjoyed that so um, I think just the sort of momentum we showed that year uh, I know we're chasing Clyde and chasing them but I think just having his belief uh, got us over the line I think is the sort of games where you know coming to the end of the season we were getting more we were his belief was rubbing off on us and we had a lot of confident players and um, you know I think we fully deserved to win the league that year I think we were the best team in that league um, and um, it was it was honestly such an enjoyable season really really enjoyed it and the, the cut win as well was great mm-hmm. I think that helped as well they had all the bit of momentum um, watched that game there as well um, a few weeks ago and it's nice to look back because my memory's not the best at times but um, not like Russell's or whatever Russell's a bit of a you could remember games off the top of his head but no, it was, it's nice to look back and, and that season was, was um, a very special one for everybody involved um, I, I know I know I've listened to and you spoke about the sort of where are we going to get up and stuff that was only the sort of bit of disappointment because we, we spent about a week or so waiting mm-hmm. and then we got where we, we could go up so that was the only, only sort of um, disappointing thing after winning the league was waiting to see if we were allowed to get promoted you know yeah because that must have been a kind of agonising week because if you know, you've put all that hard work into it. You've you've had a fantastic had, had a fantastic week, really beating Clyde, and then you know going in that that St Johnston game and winning the trophy and all the celebrations afterwards. And then you're kind of hanging on to find out if you are if you would be playing top flight football. That must have been a kind of really long seven days. Well, I spent three or four days in Magaly after that. Oh, that's not too bad, aye. <laughs> <laughs> Once I got back, it was dry and night. I mean, and I got the news I think on, on, it must have been on the Friday or whatever to say um, we got in so again that was that was one we celebrated because we, we did deserve to go up um, and I was also it, you know as a personal note I was delighted to, to get into the league and, and go and challenge myself again in, in the SPL so that was that was pleasing for myself that I knew that I had got to where I, I wanted um, and that was starting a new fresh challenge uh, in pre-season to go and play against some of the top teams in in the country. That's the end of part one. Here's what to expect in part two. I was disgusted. Absolutely disgusted. Um, It didn't surprise me because I knew Terry wanted to put his own stamp on club. That was probably the first time that I really was disgusted with a decision that was made. I got rid of a lot of demons that day and that season uh, to get back up after so much hardy the summer before and he handed me a bit of paper and it was 50% cut I put the bit of paper back on his desk and walked out it disgusted me I went through the dressing room took all my stuff put in a black bag went and said my goodbyes and that was it I remember my first game against Motherwell they were reading out the teams this is in the warm up and I got booed I thought oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs>
Part 2 of the Ross Tokley episode will be available at 5 o'clock on Wednesday the 10th of June from Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so don't miss out. <laughs>